Hello and welcome to Hanging Out with Hanging Nine. I'm Lemon Tree. And I'm Squiddy. And this is the London Spitfire podcast. And we open this week with some somewhat sad news uh, for Spitfire fans. We recently received an update uh, from the London Spitfire about their matches. And I'll just uh, I'll read that that statement to you now. Due to a government-mandated quarantine in Korea, we are currently taking the necessary precautions during this time to ensure the health and safety of our players. The London Spitfire expects to start playing Overwatch League matches again in early May. We thank you for your thoughts and considerations during this time, and we are excited to play once we are able. So yes, sad news. Uh, we won't be getting any games from the Spitfire during the month of April, uh, which is a shame. It had been a little while since since they've played, but, you know, safety safety comes first right yeah so yeah yeah definitely i think you could we can't put the players say uh safety above our uh wanting to talk about their matches on our podcast uh <laughs> it is a somber note but i mean we, as i said you can't argue with it and if it's one hopefully once they get once they are back they'll just hit the ground running and just keep going Exactly. Yeah, we'd rather you know once they're back, they're back for good, as it were, as opposed to oh, back for we've just started again. Oh, let's back for a little bit. Let's move everyone again. Everyone's disrupted. You know, let them get settled. Let them get everything that they need to in place. And yeah, let's yeah continue on for there for the foreseeable future. But yes, even while the London Spitfire are not playing, there is of course other Overwatch uh, going on. Um, and this week we had the introduction. Not of hero bands, but of a new way of doing uh, hero bands and hero pools. Yes, we'll be going to a universal shared hero pool. So it will be combining Overwatch League contenders and competitive into one standardized hero pool. So that in your standard comp matches, you can directly replicate what you see at the weekend from the big teams. And I think when hero bands came out, I think we talked about this in maybe week mm. two or three, or whenever it came out, the fact that it was going to be different to the hero bands implemented in-game, but now that's completely changed, and I think it's actually going to be a good move for them. Yeah, I think that was one of the, the things that everyone was criticising it for at the time, was the yeah, it's good it, hero pools, I think everyone agreed in principle that it was a good idea to continually shape up, shape up the meta, but yeah, having it different from your comp games to your your Overwatch League and your competitive games was definitely a criticism that people had. Um, they're taking the percentages, from what I understand, uh, for hero playtime based on not every stage of the ladder. Um, they say it's only going to be from high-level games. So exactly what that's going to mean, I don't know. Probably Masters and Grandmasters, I'd imagine. Combine I that together. the best idea because it, when you, mm. if you look at in my, silver, in my gold plat matches, <laughs> it, it is just absolute chaos. Because you'll just get the one tricks that I'm only going to play Symmetra this game, even though mm. the picks or it will net like the what the enemy pick is not at all conducive for good Symmetra play. Uh, mm. you, they still run it. So thankfully, taking Masters and Grandmasters into account only should mean that it will be fairly similar to what is run in the competitive. In, yeah. in in the I'd say actual competitive the more the professionally competitive uh, Overwatch scene exactly it's only really at those really high levels that um 
that there is any meta really to speak of. Like, yes, metas might change slightly at you know your your lower ranks, but really it's only at the those super high levels that it is that it is going to be met. And I think hopefully it should in- lead to an increase in the the quality of play on the ladder. Um, you know, with teams saying, "Oh, let's try that that we saw at the weekend," and they, they literally can. Um, but yeah, and it will help help the pros, I suppose, stay sharp in between their matches. You know, they can go to the ladder and they can train competitively on on the actual meta that is going to be played um, yeah, definitely they said a direct quote is that they are moving to a universal hero pool because it enables overwatch league players to practice with the available heroes in scrims and competitive play and allows the entire overwatch community to get a consistent experience both playing and watching i think that's what's going to help the fact mm. that you can use you see you try and replicate the hunters strategies if you dare <laughs> Uh, you can at you can now because you'll be ha- you'll mm. have the same heroes that they had at their disposal. Exactly. So th- yes, as we say, this is the first week of of a unified uh, hero pool, and so it is going to be a little bit different from the upcoming weeks. Uh, so they still have the ruling around no hero will be removed from rotation two weeks in a row, which means that this first week there's sort of very few heroes like in contention for being removed. Um, because you've got the combination of who was banned last week and who was banned this week that can't be removed from the following games as well. It, <laughs> exactly, it's a full d- connecting the yarn between all the pictures to f- try and figure out what would be the best solution. And to begin with, we look at support, but only one character could <laughs> be banned. And I think I I might hear some cheers from some people that Brig would be is going to be banned this week, which. I mean, I I think Brig is a good character. I think how they've reworked her with her mm. armor packs and that it's not an instant hit now. It's a healing over time. Mm. I think that's definitely helped her become not as obnoxious or obnoxious as she was before. But, I mean, that's another CC out of the game. So, I don't know how that... Maybe more dive comps this week? It's possible, yeah. Uh, so yeah, as you say, it was only Brig in that selection. She had forty three point two percent playtime across whatever sort of playtime groupings they're going for. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting. Um, as you say, CC is not very fun to play against necessarily. Um, but yeah, again, I, I think I'm I am personally at least very bad at predicting uh, the the competitive professional level meta. Uh, that forms from from these hero bands. So I'm not going to try. Um, and indeed, I think different teams are taking it in different ways. You know, some teams are trying to brute force their way. That, no, this is what we play. Okay, that's hero band, but we're going to swap like the like. And other teams are trying to craft entirely new metas. Um, I think where a lot of that meta comes from is going to be the tank. And so in the tank pool, there was Ryan who had 59.6% playtime, Sigma with 19.5%. Winston on 19% and a reset on 16.5 and Ryan is taken out of selection. I think, yeah, I, I mean, the fact that Briggs, not, I think the fact that both Ryan and his squire have been <laughs> uh, banned from the next week, foreseeable week, I, th- I think we might see more double shield, unfortunately. With the fact that they'll, you'll still, you still have your Sigma or Rissa, but I mean, there is the option for dive, but it just uh, what we saw at the weekend. It was vastly double shield all the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with the removal of uh, the damage heroes, 
uh, McCree and Widowmaker. Um, McCree on 35.9%, Widowmaker 23.5%. I think uh, it's we'll going to, you know, they can't shoot through shield. Well, Widowmaker at least is sort of hampered by shields anyway. So. Um, yeah, I think McCree, he's actually a de- fairly decent shield break character. The fact that he mm-hmm. can just, uh, what's it, fan the hammer into shield mm-hmm. and it would deal like three, four hundred damage to them. And mm-hmm. he can do that and then roll to another 400. That's a Winston shield basically gone immediately. Mm-hmm. And the fact that McCree will be going. We said this last time when McCree went out, it was a time for doom and we were hoping to see Chipser. Never happened. So <laughs> I think we'll we'll just see more. It's going to be Torbjorn. We're going to see more Torb. Torb, maybe some Hanzo. Um maybe some ash we had a little bit of ash played but um not a ton yeah i don't know it's gonna be it is gonna be interesting um again i am awful at predicting metas but yeah uh, i think we the last time we tried to predict the metas oh yeah it's definitely gonna be dive comps this week and it just went to double shield looking like okay yeah we shouldn't (laughs) try and predict these comps again i mean maybe it is dive you know diva's back you know winston uh lucio you know i don't know genji yeah, Tracer. Genji. Tracer. I don't know. Full dive. I don't, who knows? We can. We can. <laughs> we can dream. We can absolutely dream. But what Overwatch takes away, it also gives. In that we have now got Echo in the live version of the game, and I've played her a little bit, and she's an absolute blast to play as. <laughs> I think someone said she feels like playing as a flying Zenyatta. <laughs> Flying Zenyatta, who can turn into any character and drop from the skies, and yeah, hit mad, uh, hit mad ultimates in in no time at all. I haven't tried her in a proper game. I've just been messing around with her in the uh, in the training rage. But yeah, she's she's one of the most unique characters I think we've ever seen. Definitely in Overwatch, and maybe even like in any video game ever, the ability to to clone people. Maybe that does exist in other stuff, and I'm not aware. But um, the designers have been saying that you know this is the final Overwatch character this is the yeah that was the, big the peak news. that they've been aiming for um is is uh echo she's the, like the pinnacle of a watch design i think yeah she's sort of she's gonna be a lot of fun to play definitely yeah that was the big <laughs> news as well they're saying that echo will be the last hero for overwatch as we know it any other characters that he develop will be going live in overwatch 2 when it finally gets released so we only have these dirt we currently have these 32 characters for the foreseeable future I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good mix between them. I think when Echo comes into the league, we're not quite sure quite when. I think we saw from the mm. the pugs that they did a couple of weeks back uh, with Echo. I think we're just gonna see it. It's just gonna transform the game. I think with her such unique skill set of being able to duplicate any hero, it's mm. gonna blow. E- I think yeah, in the immediate term, she's going to be a a must pick. Maybe teams learn to play around her. You know, maybe she gets picked off really easy from, you know, the way she floats around. But like you say, that ultimate, that ability to duplicate and have suddenly you know three tanks again, and it's the goat's meta, even if it is only for like, you know, fifteen twenty seconds or so. I think that is going to be invaluable. Invaluable. Yeah, so uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting yeah, to see. Interesting to see. And what is also interesting to see is to see the results. For this weekend's matches. (laughs) 
Guangzhou Spark, three. Chengdu Hunters, nil. Vancouver Titans, nil. Guangzhou Charge, three. Philadelphia Fusion, three. Paris Eternal, two. Houston Outlaws, three. Boston Uprising, one. Washington Justice, nil. Dallas Fuel, three. Chengdu Hunters, three. Vancouver Titans, one. Shanghai Dragons, three. Guangzhou Charge, nil. Houston Outlaws, three. Toronto Defiant, two. Philadelphia Fusion, three. Atlanta Reign, two. San Francisco Shock, three. Los Angeles Gladiators, nil. Those were the scores on the doors, and I can now officially announce the winner for last week's uh, predictions with an absolute stomping, getting all their predictions correct, is you, Lemon. Woo! Congratulations. We are now tied to all in like the overall standings. <laughs> uh, I only got one correct, uh, which is not not a great start, really. <laughs> no, Thankfully, Chengdu came through with, for me to beat Vancouver 3-1. Yes, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, it was a, you know, totally big brain for me. But, uh, you know, I'm sure part of that was luck, uh, no doubt. Um, The headline out of this weekend's uh, Overwatch, I think, will be Carpe's 4,000th kill. Uh, And that 4,000th kill was as a Torb turret. It is possibly the most perfect way... To all, sorry, not the perfect way. The perfect way would be with a widow headshot or something, or a tracer <laughs> one clip. Uh, unfortunately, okay, the memeiest way to get the four thousandth <laughs> uh, final blow, the first person in Overwatch League history to do that. I think, I think, I think many people are in agreement. It was it, a Torb hammer kill would have been <laughs> even memeier. would have been even funnier. Yeah. Would have been even funnier. And then I was thinking, what are the different ways that he could have got that final blow? I was thinking maybe Junkrat Total Mayhem, where he gets killed by someone, but then uses yeah. his grenades on the floor to wipe out one or two. <laughs> yeah, that w- <sighs> at least the Torb turret, I suppose, shows good placement of uh, of a turret. Uh, ju- yeah, the Junkrat killer is just sort of stupidity on the part of your opponent more than anything. Uh, so yeah, at least the at least the Torb Carrot uh, shows at least a um, a faint bit of skill. But yeah, um, I think we can I mean, all agree Carpe is one of the better of the DPS in the league. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he t- totally totally deserved, totally deserved. He's absolutely deserved. It. He's also uh, le- he's also the first player to reach six hundred solo kills. He's currently on six hundred eight, which means. He's killed 600 opponents with no assistance from his team. He has dealt with them completely by himself. Normally, that's like a Widow headshot, Hanzo headshot. That would also include Tracer 1 clips, uh, hitting someone with a junk tire. I don't think he's really ever played junk rat, though. In, in no, that doesn't come to mind. But, uh, <laughs> that would be maybe like EPO's role. Uh, <laughs> but no, he is without a doubt one of the finest... Uh, DPS talents we have in the league and to put this into context he's at 4,040 final blows throughout all Overwatch seasons so going back to the inaugural season to now 
The person in second place is someone we know and is very close to our heart, Prophet, <laughs> who is about 500 behind Carpe in terms of final blows. Where, um, I think many people agree that Prophet is one of the best Overwatch players to have ever played the game. Mm, yeah, like just how his mastery yeah. of so many different heroes, the fact that such a difference between them just shows the level at Carpe, the, that, the level that which Carpe can play at. Mm. Yeah, props to Carpe. Yeah, uh, and he got Player of the Match uh, this weekend against the Rain. Um, again, well deserved in their uh, in their defeat of of the Rain. I think he was definitely one of the more standout players on his whether it was on his Torb, his Hanzo, his Widow. Um, yeah, great stuff, great stuff from Carpe. I think he's coming really into his into his own at the moment. I think last season you may have said he, people were questioning him and were like, is he right for the Philly because obviously it was the GOATS meta you couldn't really get your DPS players to show off their talents they mm. were typically put either on Brig Duty or Brig Jail or <laughs> in Azaria uh, but now the fact that that cannot happen at all you're getting to see the best of the best DPS players in the world mm. but with the highs of uh, Carpe's 4000th final blow we also have the lows uh, specifically for Washington this ma- this weekend because I was not aware of this until I was made aware just before this podcast of, <laughs> as you described it, possibly the worst C nine you have ever seen. It was it was pretty atrocious. Uh, Washington Arisa, I can't quite remember off the top of my head exactly who it was. It might have been Ellie Vote. Ellie Vote. Uh, just completely walks off the cart, letting Dallas cap point three on Numbani. I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, completely unforced. Uh, just just madness. Just don't know quite what was going on there. But very amusing. Yeah, I, had, <laughs> I had to. I had to. Uh, when you let me. When you told me about it, I had to watch the the clip for it, and watched it several times. I think the only thing it can come down to is a communication error. Yeah, like, it's gotta be. Got he's got to think there's a Lucio kills. coming up behind him to you know stay on the cart or something or yeah. Madness. I think it, I think it was good uh, awareness from Gamzu uh, to realise that th- there was no one on the cart. Mm. He could go for it, and it, it only had to be pushed like three or four meters. So he knew that he could possibly get that win. It's it's like when you see streamers sneak do the back cap. But no, it's even worse than that because the players are all around the card. <laughs> they just weren't close enough. Everyone's focused on their roles and, yeah. Yeah, a, a momentary lapse of com- concentration, I'm sure, uh, for Washington. But they're not having a great time of it at the moment. Um, bless them. I, you know, I had no, been I mean, talking them up, but uh, I'm pretty sure they're now 2-7. and seven. Um, so definitely not on a, a winning streak uh, or any, a positive record anymore. But uh... No, I mean, I think we've got to give props to Dallas at this weekend. I mean, you mm-hmm. said it, that maybe Dallas are going to become good now. And I think well, a 3-0 against Washington, that's not a bad way to try and kick their season off, definitely. Mm. Following from the victory last week. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say Dallas are definitely back and Dallas are definitely good, but I think they are improving and they're a lot better than they were. Um, and maybe people are not treating them with the respect that they deserve. 
they're thinking they're playing last season's Dallas when in fact you know Dallas have upgraded in in particularly in the DPS area and are definitely going to come out swinging and give people a, a good run for their money but uh yeah we we shall see <laughs> yeah and giving and talking of giving a people good value for their money we always got to, uh, give a nod to Chengdu every single time they play because it's absolutely fascinating <laughs> to see them play and um, they went up this weekend against uh the Vancouver Titans which I think many people were expecting maybe to see the Titans of last season. Mm. The, how just dominant they were throughout the entirety of the regular season. And then arguably into the postseason as well. They just... I, I don't know. Vancouver aren't looking great this year. I'm not no. sure why. No, you are You are right there. I Maybe it's uh, partly rustiness. You know, Chen, Chengdu have been playing more games than they have. Um, it, is it the, the hero pool meta? Um, you know, they're just bad this week and they'll come back and they'll be better next week when the, the hero pool is different. I don't know. Um, what, you know... I think what you would want to see, like they lost mm. against the charge on the Saturday 3-0. Mm. What you would like to see from the good teams, so like Shock, like Paris, like Philly, if they had a really bad game on the Saturday and they're playing on the Sunday, you would expect to see some minor tweaks to mm. try and fix whatever issues they may have had on that Saturday. But when Vancouver played Chengdu, I didn't see anything like that. I didn't really see any much change. I thought, well, just we're going to do what we know how to do. And just hope that that it turns around somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and just... Which, uh, as many people will tell you, that is a definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm. So, I I don't know where Vancouver will go from it. Maybe, Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just the fact that the hero bans did affect were affected them more this week, and that next week they'll be absolutely fine, or the next time they play even they'll be absolutely fine. But I think that, that time will tell with uh, with Vancouver really. Yeah, I thought they were going to get off to a good start this weekend. Um, as you, as we say against the Hunters, they take that first map on Busan. And from what I was seeing, they were winning fights that I didn't think they'd be able to win. And, you know, that's normally the side of a good team. You know, if you can win when you're not supposed to, uh, that's always the sort of adage in football is, you know, you didn't, you didn't play very well, but you still got the win. And, you know, that's what's important. So I was going in, you know, happily predicting Vancouver, but the Hunters come back and Jinmu on Farah is a thing to behold and... They come out with some wacky Genji Doom Ball Winston dive, and <laughs> and just they just make it work. Yeah. And <sighs> I think Eichenfolder yeah. was the turning point for that match. The fact that they were able to mm. clutch that win on like before even the second point, before going into the the hall section of the map, the fact that they were able to stop it there and then win from it. From that point, I think. Chengdu knew that what that how they play is the best way to do, and that's just pure chaos. It's pure chaos, and and I love it. And they are cementing themselves as 
as my second favorite team, the team I'm going to root for when uh, when Spitfire aren't playing. So uh, thank you, thank you to the boys and 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 Jinmu <laughs> for uh, for yeah keeping me entertained and keeping keeping everyone on their toes. You know, you think Vancouver are going to steamroll through the Hunters, but no, 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 the Hunters have got something to say about that. Keeping on your toes, we've got to look at the predictions uh, for the coming week. We do indeed. To try and see who's going to win out this week. And we're going to start with you predicting Atlanta v. Washington. So, like I said, I, I I think Washington are better than they are. And, like, they always seem to play well, but they never have quite the decisiveness to, to finish to finish matches and to actually get the win. As I said earlier, you know, they're 2-7. to seven. Uh, Atlanta are looking strong against good teams, though. Um, they've got a positive record, three to two, and you know that that doesn't lie. So I'm going to predict Atlanta in this first match. Second match up is a battle of LA. It's going to be the LA Gladiators versus the LA Valiant. I think Gladiators this week they played against the Shock, lost three nil, which on paper looks like oh they were absolutely stomped. Mm. It was such a close match. It it could have gone either way, in my opinion. Like when like Birdring was absolutely popping off, like Han Big Goose and OGE, the big players were there. It just it just shock had just the raw talent. Mm-hmm. But they're still not looking quite good enough. I think Gladiators will take this against Rebellion and earn the title for LA. Following that, on Saturday, April 18th at 12 a.m. UK time, we have the Florida Mayhem versus the Paris Eternal. Florida haven't played for a little bit, Um, so it's sort of difficult to say, you know, exactly what they're going to be like. Um, But Paris have shown me they are a very strong team. They've played some good teams. They've played teams like... um, Excuse me. Like they played Philly this week, and they pushed Philly, you know, quite quite close. And we've we've consider, co- consistently said that Philly are like a top five team easily. You know, it, they forced a reverse sweep out of Philly to um, to get that win. And so I'm going to go Paris this time against Florida. Then at two a.m. on Saturday, we've got Boston versus Toronto. I mean, I honestly don't know where to begin with this match. <laughs> Toronto, I expected to beat Houston. This weekend, they didn't. Boston, they are losing players left and right for numerous reasons. They only have six players on their main roster now. Because mm-hmm. uh, swimmers left to focus on other v- ventures currently. So they don't have any subs. The team they have hmm. is, is the team, the team they, they have. have. Wow. It's the team they have. They can't flex anything. Whereas Toronto, they've got such a deep, arguably a deep DPS pool. You can have agilities, sure for logics any combination of those that's just absolutely terrifying to look at i think agility's doomfist as well is so good mm. i honestly don't see any way boston can win this the fact they're also bottom of the league by a lot they've only won one match against houston but houston since then have bounced back yeah whereas boston i think many people thought oh this win against houston they're gonna kick on from this that hasn't happened i don't see it happening for for a while really mm. they're, they're not they're not a gr- they're not doing great this season so i think i've got to give it to toronto following that we have 
What could be a very interesting match with Dallas versus The Shock? Oh, this this one is so. I've been I've been over this for for quite some time. It is really a close call. I think Dallas, as we've mentioned, are coming back strong, and if anything, they feel like they've got more momentum than Shock. I know Shock did also win this weekend uh, against um, Gladiators and convincingly uh, in a three zero. It's it is really difficult. My head my head says Shock, but my heart says Dallas. Um, what are you going to go for? Your head or your heart? I'm going to go with my head. I'm going to say shock. I might live to regret it. But um, but yeah, I'm going to go shock. I, it really is a coin flip, though. It could go either way. Um, but yeah, that, that's... going to be a 3-0 to either of these sides now. <laughs> that's who I'm going with this time. Uh, then at 9am, when you're sitting down with your breakfast, you can watch The Hunters against The Charge. Again... We have the issue, <laughs> what the coin flip that is Chinese Overwatch, of which Chengdu beat Vancouver, right? <laughs> right. Right. Vancouver are good, right? The charge beat Vancouver as well. Mm. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just listing <laughs> the facts from last weekend. I think charge, I think I'm going to go against my, my, I think again with you, I'm going to go against my heart, go with my head, and it should be charge. I think mm. they've got the better players, better technically mm. players with Nero especially. Mm. It's one of the standout players for them. And Neptuno as well. Yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah. going for the charge with that one. And then following that, we have some more madness. With the Dragons versus the Spark. Uh, this is probably one of the easier um, matches to predict, I think, as to, in terms of Chinese Overwatch. I think the Dragons are comfortably uh, the strongest team in the Chinese region. Their record shows that. They are 4-1. to one. Spark, on the other hand, are 3-2. to two. And so it's, it's an easy prediction for me. Maybe this will come back to bite me, but I'm going to predict the Dragons uh, in this one. Uh, following day, Sunday, 19th of April, at 9 o'clock in the morning, we have the charge against the Spark. The aptly named Battle of the Currents. <laughs> I think... I, again... Both have beaten feet. each other. That is what like Both is confusing beaten. about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you honestly have no idea who's going to win this. It could be either side, I think... Maybe the Spark, I think they realise that maybe against the Dragons isn't their best shot for the win, whereas the Charge is. So mm. they might be focused more on that naturally. So I think I'm going to go for the Spark uh, this for that match. But then we end this week with actually an odd number of games. I'm thinking we're go- both going to predict this last match mm-hmm. okay. as like a tiebreaker because we currently predicted four each. And so this will be like a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Between uh, between us, so we got the hunters v the dragons. Uh, I think dragons, as I said, are the best in the Chinese region. Um, they're looking good, so I'm going to predict the dragons. I, I I see. I'm I'm thinking I not not to go against you anyway, but I was thinking the hunters <sighs> might get this just because I think. Just their their sheer insanity and Jinru's farmer. If the right match see the the, the farmer is a good point because there is no Widowmaker, there's no McCree. So we're going to see D- a lot D- more is back to kind of harass the the farmer, the farmer. 
Um, but there is no Widowmaker to pick her out of the sky. So you might be on something there. I don't know. So we've gone the opposite. So this is actually going to be a tiebreaker between us. <laughs> Uh, for this week no pressure uh, unless i mean unless i have another abysmal week and get only one correct <laughs> and then it won't need I to come into really contention yeah and that is it for this week's episode of hanging out with hanger nine i hope uh you've enjoyed listening to it if you want to get in touch with about anything that we said during uh this podcast you can contact me on twitter i'm at squiddy 57 and i am at nevets lt that's n-e-v E-T-S-L-T. And don't forget to follow our wonderful editor, producer-in-chief, our guardian angel, uh, Cam. Cam, uh, you can follow him on his more official uh, Twitter of at CaptainZep, or his more Overwatch-orientated uh, one at CamVerWatch. Until next time, wash your hands and hang loose. <laughs>